on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Sphere. This is Andy Richter, uh, and you are listening to the three questions with Andy Richter. I said it again because I like to hear my own name, especially when I'm saying it with my own voice. The show is called The Three Questions because the three questions are, and I'm telling my guest this right now because I don't think she has any idea why she's here. Uh, the three questions are, uh, where do you come from? Where are you going? And what have you learned? I just like to talk about feelings. And this is a good entree into feelings, these questions. And I am lucky enough to be here today with the hilarious and talented and lovely and wonderful and angelic Nicole Byer. It's me! Hi! <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are it's you? It's so good to talk to somebody funny because everybody that's been on this show is a bummer. Oh, no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang, Super dreary. Oh, wow. Who are yeah, some yeah. of your guests? Let's uh, shout them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what order this is going to go. But I, no, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. No, I've I talked know. to Natasha Leone. Not funny. Lauren Bouchard, who Boo, created Bob's Burgers. Not funny. Um, Joel Kim Booster. Yuck, I, I hate know, him. I know, And Amy Sedaris. Oh, yuck. Uh, <laughs> no, they've all been really, it's all been really great. Um, and I'm sure there's been many more so that you people mm-hmm. who are listening to this think that that, I've talked to lots more than that because not like I've only talked to a few people and done this a few times. Um, so hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. Excellent. I told you before we started that Guy Fieri, or Fieri, however you'd Fieri. like to say it. Fieri. He's getting his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yes. And I I was not invited. Also, I don't even know if you can just go, but whatever. No, you I can. Mean, oh, I could? Yeah, yeah. It says down, it's on the street. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait. No, come on. <laughs> we'll, we'll go mobile. We'll do it in the van. Oh, we'll I podcast in the van. But I wore my little guy outfit. Yeah, you have you have a guy, you know, the, well, I mean, I guess it's sort of a bowling shirt, uh-huh. for lack of With a better term. With flames on it. flames on it. My shoes you also look, have flames. Wow. You are flaming. You are a hot cheetah. I'm a hot cheetah. <laughs> And you're also, it's kind of like a custom car. Like, that's whenever Mm -hmm. I see flames like that, I always think of, like, hot rods. I really want to put flames on my car. Yeah, yeah. But then all my friends have been like, well, no. Then people will absolutely know where you are at all times. I was like, okay, I guess I won't. There was one time in Hawaii, and I I wanted, I mean, I don't know what the fuck I would have done with it. But there was a taxidermied shark's head with flames on it. Like, well, you would have put that in your house. I guess I would have, yeah. You put or, it, you, you know. would have put it right next to some award that you or have in your house. just brought it to church with me every, <laughs> every Sunday. Do you go to church? I do not. Oh. I mean, I'm supposed to. No, I'm not at all. Are you religious? I don't believe in God. That's oh, the you problem. Don't. Yeah, yeah, no. You okay. know, even when I was a kid, uh, w- we had a really great minister. We went, it was a, mm-hmm. uh, in, I mean, for a small town, it was a pretty liberal church, United Church of Christ, which is sort of a very sort of generically softly mm-hmm. uh, Protestant uh, denomination. But we had a great minister who just like was a wonderful speaker and a wonderful guy and a sweet, wonderful man. And I loved going to church because of him. And mm-hmm. I loved going to church because a lot of my friends went to church. But I was never, ever, ever 
encumbered by belief in, in a well, deity. You know, it is a it is a weird thing. It the is. Bible's bizarre. Oh, because some of it you're like it's parables, and then other things are like it's literal. And it's yes. like, well, who got to pick and right, choose right, that? Right, right. Why? Yeah. Well, right? how, yeah. It's very right, exactly. weird. Like, yeah. How come you know you you can't have an abortion, but you can eat shrimp? Yeah. You know, and even you know what abortion for that for that matter. There's like something I don't I can't remember what book it's in where Moses tells somebody or God tells Moses maybe uh-huh. how to abort like how to like basically cause a miscarriage well, like there's a how to in the goddamn Bible about miscarrying. I there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that people ignore. It's a very in- also what a confusing book, you know. It's just, it's hard to read. Have you ever tried to like read the Bible? <laughs> yes, I, but not for a long time. It's yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, I was little, I would try to just sit down and be like, let's get through the Bible. Right, right, right. It's, it's impossible. It's like a Scientology book. People who will say like, I've read the Bible cover to cover three times. It's like. Lies. Wow. Well, and lies. I, but if it's not lies, it's like, oh, well, that's like saying like, you know, I put a stick in my eye. <laughs> you know, I put a stick in my eye and I, and I continue to put a stick in my eye. It's like, what the fuck did you do that for? <laughs> yeah, it Jesus doesn't make any Christ, sense. What a waste of time. Yeah, you could have so, read, you know, Harry Potter. Yeah. Or something fun. Or just, you know, uh, talk to people. Yeah, you, you could have left your house and spoken to out with your family. One other person. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've started off on a really controversial <laughs> note. We've destroyed God. Uh, your coffee has just been delivered. Yes. So maybe so you'll hot. M- maybe you'll wake up. I maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I'm always so sleepy and low energy. I know, I know. Really. Where are you from? I am from Lincroft, New Jersey. Lincroft, New Jersey. Which is in um, Middletown Township, mm-hmm. which is in Monmouth County. Okay. Central Jersey. Central Jersey. Mm-hmm. And and uh, has your family been there from there for a long time? No. So my dad and my mother met in Chicago, mm-hmm. and then my dad got a job at AT&T in Jersey. So they moved to Jersey, got married, had my sister, had me, and then they died. So oh nobody lives in Jersey. Oh That's like goodness. my family. That's too, how, how old were you when your folks died? I was 16 when my mom died, 21 when my dad died. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, because those are milestone years. Yeah, no 16, yeah. your mom's dead, 21, you can drink. Your dad's dead. Yeah, yeah. And then 25, my godmother died. So I had this like whole thing where I was like, at every milestone, somebody's going to die. But then I think I turned 30 and nobody died. So I was like, so okay, the curse it's has good. Been also, yeah, my therapist yeah. was like, there is no curse. You're fine. Of it's course. just a coincidence. Yes, and I was yes. like, Mary, oh boy, uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Because I thought I was killing people with, with birthdays. Which now, is, is your therapist insane. really named Mary? Is your therapist a gay man? No, her name is Mary. Oh, She's okay. a nice just older whore. White lady. Nice. Who uh, is really, really sweet. And sometimes I'm like, I shouldn't use her real name. But then, like, there's a thousand billion Marys. Right, exactly. You know? And what, and what, yeah. And what does she care? It's you. I don't know. It's, you know. It's me. It's you that should be horribly embarrassed by trying to <laughs> seek out better mental health. I love therapy. How long have you been going? Uh, two years. Yeah. I think. Is this and your first? Your first? No. So yeah. after my mom died, I went to this therapist, and she had red lipstick and white blonde hair and lots of books on her bookcase, and I was convinced that they were all fake because she was stupid. So I was like, there's no way you have real books being that <laughs> that dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated her. Then my next therapist <laughs> was in Brooklyn, and... She tried to hypnotize me, and she didn't, and I lied to her, and I was like, I am hypnotized, oh, <laughs> and I don't wow. know why. Why I was, like, pleasing this woman for what? Like, it didn't help me. Right. And then I went there another time. Well, I think also, too, everyone wants to believe they can be hypnotized. Maybe. Like it, I think, yeah, because I, I went to a hypnotist, mm-hmm. and I don't know that I was hip. I mean, I, you know, I kind of, like... Felt a little zoned <laughs> out, but I did, you know. I felt perfectly fine. Yeah. Nothing I, happened. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you. But she should have known. Yeah. But she didn't. She was dumb too. Yeah, yeah. So then Mary, Mary is good. So what kind. you were saying after the hypnotist, was there another one? Uh nope. Oh, okay. Nope. I think that was yeah, three. Mary's three. And yeah, she's yeah. great. Well, that's great. Yeah, I think uh, therapy's, uh, like, for me, therapy is takes the place of what church does for other people in terms of, like, mm-hmm. providing a framework and something to believe in and some sense of progress and some sense of, like, purpose, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because there is always... It does always seem to be moving forward. And I've mm-hmm. been I've been talking to the same guy for 25 years. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So. Do you ever get worried that your therapist likes you too much? 
I do not because oh. because he is he uh, he's in New York and we mm-hmm. mostly you know I mean of course then we mostly talk by phone but he's like a real like I find there's a regional difference having been to therapists on both coasts. Um, Ooh, wow. I know, I know. I'm what a, a brag. I'm a real asshole. Wow. Uh, Getting help everywhere. <laughs> uh, and, and even in the Heartland. I went to, you know, What's in Chicago. What's the Heartland? Oh, in Chicago. Wait, Chicago's to, called the Heartland? Well, the Heartland. It's the center of the country. I'm sorry. It's yeah. called the Windy City? I know, I know. But I mean, I mean, as opposed to like both coasts. But yeah, oh, no, I, nice. in New York, the therapists that I... If seen, and well, in this guy too, they're they seem much more kind of formal and rigid, and like, okay. and then out here, there's so much more casual. Like I've had, like I years ago had a therapist here who spent most of the time talking about herself. No, yeah, like saying like that reminds me of something that happened to me. No, and I think it was supposed to be somehow illuminating to me that I could hear uh-huh. her, but it's like, no. No, I, you don't want yeah, that. Yeah, no, this is about me. I'm paying to talk about myself. Yes, it's a totally selfish mm-hmm. endeavor, and and that's and that's what I like. My guy, for a while, like I'd sometimes see him in the neighborhood because mm-hmm. he was in the neighborhood when I lived there, and it was like seeing a teacher in the neighborhood. It was like terrifying. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's like, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what are you doing here? And then- um, but then, you know, we, like I say, we've been on the phone mm-hmm. since I moved out here in 2001, pretty much, which which I've learned to make work. It works fine. And in mm-hmm. fact, I just last week was there face to face and it's weird to be face to face. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I'm like nervous about the eye contact oh. and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but he he came to the show once. Like mm-hmm. he said to me, like, I'm, I'm, I'm in LA and can I come to your show? Mm-hmm. And which, you know, after 23 years or whatever, like, sure, yeah. sure. And he came and he had been divorced and remarried. Oh. And I had no idea. Oh. Because like, I had seen him once with his wife, uh-huh. you know, whatever, 20 years ago. And then he's like, here with a new wife. And then, so the next session, I'm like, did you get divorced and remarried? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah. About seven years ago. I was like, what? <laughs> like that's good. I, that is great that is, because it I really, don't even know if Mary's married. It keeps the focus on and, you. you and know? I want to ask her, but the last time I asked her about herself, she said, "Why would you like to know?" And I was like, "But I know, uh, I know, because you're my friend." Right, 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 right. <laughs> I like you so much. Just because I just want to know. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> I'm hoping that then you'll you'll be my friend, and I won't have to pay you anymore uh-huh, and yeah. talk to you. I can just come by, drop by, right, take right. my issues. We can have coffee. And yeah, and eat, I never have to give you a penny. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, were you always a funny kid? Were you a funny family? My mother was very funny. And then now that I'm older, I understand that my dad was funny. Yeah. Because sometimes you're like, quiet people aren't fucking funny. Right, right. My dad was kind of quiet, but like he was like sneaky funny. Yeah. Uh, My sister, I think she's funny. But one day I was like, Catherine, describe yourself. And she went, oh, well, I'm very short and boring. And I was like, that's like, (laughs) this was your moment. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Thing. And you blew it. But she, I think she's funny. Um, I was always very loud, and my mother would be like, you got to learn a time and place to be loud. And I'd be like, but now is the time. Now is the place. <laughs> so I never quite learned that. Turns out I have ADD, and that's why I was just, like, loud and buzzing yeah, around yeah, yeah. and, like, couldn't focus on things. But in high school, my mom was like, you're very loud, so, like, why don't you go be loud on a stage? Like, act a little bit. And I said, okay. And that's when I was like, ooh, this is what I want to do forever. Like, uh, that first laugh is addictive mm-hmm. or addicting or whatever. You're just like, oh, I need to, I need this to happen over and over and over and over again. Kind of like how I feel like drug addicts feel. Mm-hmm. Cause you're just like that feeling feels so good. So that's when I, um, decided that I wanted a career making people tee and giggle. Mm-hmm. Now I find from my time in doing this, a lot of the people that really get off on that laugh are fulfilling something that's missing. Do you feel like there was something? I mean, I, you know, it's a, this is a pretty prying question, but yeah, you know um, what I mean. Like, were you not getting enough attention? Did they did they oh, ignore you at home? I got so much attention really? that it was sick. Yeah, yeah. Like my mother. That's, that's different than <laughs> most people I know that really need it. Uh huh. Didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're making up for something they weren't getting. Mm-hmm. So. I think maybe uh, when I can get someone to laugh, that means they understand me. Yeah. They understand what I've said, and it's funny. Uh, I wasn't really understood growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I would make choices, and my mother would be like, I don't understand why you did that, blah, 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 blah. Like, 
The last fight we got into was over the PSATs, uh, and I didn't sign up for them. And she was like, why wouldn't you sign up for them? And I was like, I don't need SATs, mama. I'm going to be an actress. And she was like, I want you to go to college. And I was like, I don't want to. So, like, we just, like, fought about that. And she was like, I don't understand. I gave you a check. Why wouldn't you just send it in? And I was like, oh, because I'm I'm not, I don't need academics. <laughs> I'm funny. Uh, so, yeah, I would just <laughs> truly make choices. And she just, like, didn't get oh. it. That's, that's flawless logic to tell a mother when you're 16 <laughs> or 15 years old. Because uh-huh. I'm funny, Mom. Oh, okay. I'm funny. I don't need school. Yeah. That'll pay the rent. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of attention. Yeah. Had she gone to college? Yeah. yeah she, yeah. like, worked and put herself through college, and yeah, that's where yeah, she met yeah. my dad at uh, the University of Chicago. Oh, wow. Smarty mm-hmm. pantses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I a- think it was the University of Chicago. Well, it better be because that, better that be. sounds classy. It does. That's a, that place is like nerd central. Oh, you is gotta it? You got to be really super smart to go oh, there. Oh, well, my dad was very smart. Yeah, yeah. Was, what did he do at at t He uh He like wrote programs on how you're billed on your phone. Oh, wow. So what he a was dick. a. Yeah, right? <laughs> how rude. I want to use my phone for free, did he? Uh, yeah, he worked at AT&T and Bell Labs and shit like that. Wow. So, I mean, but you said your mom was funny, though. I mean, yeah. yeah. Did she have a job or was she? She did have a job. So she, no, growing up, she did not. Oh, she worked at uh, A&S, which was a a retail store that Uh closed. Um, And then she worked at our school because my mom really liked being a mom and really liked being around me and my sister. Yeah, yeah. So she was like a lunch lady and she... She did something else at the school, and then she started working at the church. She was very religious. She was the church treasurer. I think she missed out on being a teacher. She liked kids, and she liked teaching. I think she should have been a teacher, but, you know, whatever. She didn't do that. Uh, And then she worked at the church until she died. Yeah. How did she pass, if I may ask? You can ask uh, of a pulmonary embolism. So she had a blood clot in her leg that traveled to her heart and stopped her heart. Oh, that's terrible. Uh And then my dad died of a heart attack. So I'm going to die of heart disease. Well, you you can do things, you know. Well, my dad was fit. He was a very thin, fit person and still died of heart disease. My mom was fat and she still died of heart disease. I didn't mean that. I mean like medication. Oh, well, he was on medication. Oh, he was too? It's inevitable. I'm going to die. My lovely, cute little heart's going to explode. Yeah. I always remember... There was a guy when I was a kid who was like he was on commercials for healthy foods and stuff. And he wrote a book about like the runner's Bible or something. Mm -hmm. I think his name was Jim Shorter. And so he's like a marathon running, you know, like proselytizer about Mm -hmm. the healthiness of running. Motherfucker dies of a heart attack. Huge, gigantic heart attack. And I mean, at like a fairly young age. And I remember even at that age being like, wow. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Death yeah. will get you. No kidding. It'll come for you whenever it wants. Yeah, and I mean, and I, I have friends, people that I know that I've worked with one just a, a couple a, a year or so ago, mm-hmm. guy about my age, just died. Yeah. Nobody, and he was healthy. I mean, the, we had worked together years ago, and then the way that I knew him was from seeing him at the fucking gym. Mm-hmm. That's how we maintained a relationship over the years, and then just died. It's kind of wild. You hit a certain age and then people will just continue to die. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not afraid of death. I've already planned my funeral. <laughs> Have you really? Uh-huh. What, are you, what is it? Uh? Um, well, okay. Uh, it's in my will, but, like, technically you're not allowed to, like, ask people to do things in a will. But that's okay. I have it. Uh, my best friend, I told her where it is, and she's got to carry it out. So at my funeral, I want to be wearing something real slutty. I also sure. want googly eyes over my eyes. Okay. <laughs> because... <laughs> I, still I love be- that there's a legal document that says googly <laughs> uh-huh. eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I gave her the names of three dudes that I want to come talk about my pussy. Uh, just like in a nice, fresh, right, fun right. way. Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> he is one. Dr. Phil. Uh, Dr. Phil and yep. um, Jerry Springer. <laughs> and then um, I have like a, a thing I want each of my dear friends to do with my ashes, which like pertains to our relationship. Just like a fun, stupid, silly right, thing. Right. Right. Do. Yeah, but save that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, 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 no spoilers here. No, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I haven't told any right, of them. Right, right, And then my best friend, I was like, just so you know, I wrote my true feelings about how much I love you. And she was like, oh, well, tell me now. And I was 
was like, no, you have to wait till I die. <laughs> you can't know how I really feel about you yet. You gotta be sad. Yeah, yeah. And then I asked her to go through all of the voicemails I've left her and she has to compile the best of them and then play them for everybody. Oh, and then goodness. I want everyone to do like a tight five minutes about me. Nice. That's, you know, the fact that she, that you're not going to tell her what you've, what you think about her really puts the pressure on her to maintain that. Like she can't fuck up from now until. No, she truly can't. Wow. Because I can still edit the document. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or it'll just be like completely wrong. And everyone will be like, what? That's wrong. Oh, and I also asked her to, um, I was like, hopefully Deadline will announce my death. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I love a good Deadline article about myself. And I was like, I want you to post my Deadline article as my final Deadline article. <laughs> and then I gave her the caption she needs yeah, yeah, to post yeah. with it. I'm insane. <laughs> no, no. It just, no, you, uh, you, there's, I mean, and I mean this in the best possible way. You are an expression of an incredible amount of self-love. <laughs> Thank you. Don't I mean I, I think so. I you know? do love myself yeah. a lot. Why not? It's a waste of time. To <laughs> I not. get really confused when people don't like themselves because there's so many things you can do to change right. who you are to right, be right. the person you want to be. Like on my Instagram, I'll get a lot of people being like, "I just wish I was as confident as you." And I was like, "Oh, that's really easy. Just like wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and go, I like what I see.' Yeah. And you say it every day until you don't have to say it because you actually like what you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> and also. So fake it until you make it yes. is the fucking key to everything. Yeah. The key to everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not feeling it. Tough shit, yeah. man. Fucking Just fake like, it, you know? Yeah. Like, my first acting job, I didn't know oh. what, like, a wide, a mid, I a close. I, I didn't know any of that shit. When I, I, got, I, was, I got a job in a cable movie, and it was a scene with Swoozie Kurtz and Bo Bridges. <gasps> Ooh, what a and, dream. Yeah. And they were like, Swoozie. and Holly Hunter was in the movie, ah. you know? And so, like, and they were like, okay, we're going to come around to the other side. And I was like, what is that? Yeah, what does that mean? What is that? What is that? What is that? And then and sometimes so you, you just, just like ask a PA, you're like, they said this, and what does that mean? Oh, absolutely. And they'll tell you. Absolutely. See, I um, I went to film school, and my first work mm-hmm. was in film production in Chicago. And when you work freelance, you, know, you start as a production assistant, and then and then they'll give you different jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, like they'll say, like, can you be a second AD? Like, And you go, yeah. <laughs> and then you show up, and you don't have any fucking clothes. Uh-huh. Like, and I did this, and I would do that. I was like a second AD, and it was an out-of-town coordinator. And she's like, so you know how to do contracts, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. Nope. Like, there's a bunch of extras uh-huh. needed contracts. And I was like, you know, and, and to me, it was like, uh-huh. take five minutes and fucking show Just me. show me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like I did what at the time they video mm-hmm. assist, which is a, not a thing that's necessary anymore. But it was a film camera. And the, and actually, Jerry Lewis invented mm-hmm. this. There was a, a an, in the eyepiece, there was a, a thing that transformed it to a video signal. And then there's a cable that ran mm-hmm. off the eyepiece. And then you could run a tape deck so that the client, and you would re- hit record on each mm-hmm. take while the camera was taking it on film. And then the clients oh. could watch it, the playback. Cool. And before that, there was no, there was no playback. playback. But like, I took that job a couple times with no fucking clue as to how mm-hmm. to do it. And just was like lucky to the have. The worst thing that happens is camp. you get fired. Right. The best thing is you learn something exactly. cool and new. Well, and I mean, and I knew so many people that like there were camera assistants mm-hmm. that were like, oh, let me help you, you know, and then they just show you, you know. So. My favorite thing on set is asking questions. Like I am so annoying sometimes, but like I didn't know what um like uh, the second camera person did, like when they're pulling focus. Sure. And I was like, oh my God. So you're like literally staring at the monitor, making sure it's in focus the whole time and you're yep. like moving things. And if it's like a steady cam, you're walking with, it's a lot of Absolutely. work. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I've seen actors be so like dismissive of like the crew. And I'm like, they leave after you they get here before you they do so like the nicest thing you can be is nice and uh like camera ops i love them they're Mm -hmm. my favorite because they'll tell you if something's actually funny yes they've seen everything yes Yes. so if they're not laughing you better rethink what you're doing and if they're laughing like take that as like a sign that what you're doing is good and i don't know they're your friends they're on the conan show Mm -hmm. i'm not if I make the cameraman laugh, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, there you yes. go. I make the people laugh, eh, Who whatever. Cares? They're here to they're, laugh. But Not- also, they're like, this is uh, it's it's sparkly and and weird, and they're from Ohio, yeah. and they're like, I love this Hollywood. Yes. They're not real people. Right. 
They don't count. They're not family. They can just go home and be like, oh, that wasn't actually funny, but yeah, I laughed yeah. in person. Right. Because the warm-up guy told me to. <laughs> yeah. Like, yelled at me yes. to laugh, you know. <laughs> no, I, and they are. It's like, it's like it's family. And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not even, at this point, I went to film school. I wanted to be a film actor. That's, uh, you know, and then I got into improv. Mm-hmm. And I, so I worked for an audience and stuff. But And I like working in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. And I like the energy. But it's not my preference. Mm-hmm. I'd much, I, I, like I say, I set out to be a film actor. And I like the kind of like merry band of mm-hmm. like portable, little portable city of a film crew. Mm-hmm. And I like playing for those people. I like entertaining. Like I said, it's like entertaining family as opposed to entertaining strangers. Mm-hmm. And I find it much more enriching. So I, you know, I agree. I think we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, I miss having a show because it's like for those three months, that is your family. Yeah, yeah. And you get to know these people and everyone is so interesting. Yeah. And then sometimes they let you like hold the camera. <laughs> like right. I yeah, got to sure, do that once. And I was just like, this is fucking cool. Absolutely. Like, I'm learning things. Yeah, yeah. Or ride on the dolly. Yes. Or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so much yeah. fun. Uh, um, well, now you say well, you wish you had a show. Is Nailed It? Oh, well, Nailed It is reality. So, oh, okay. Like, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Scripted is my love. Like, I do a lot of unscripted sure. stuff. But I love scripted just because it's so much more challenging than being yourself. Yeah. And I think people have a challenge being themselves, but like I've been pretty much myself my whole life. Yeah. Uh but like yeah, making someone else's words your own words I think is such a challenge and then being a good actor is a challenge. Like I was watching Aquaman and I don't want to like shout anybody out, but there was this one actor who was phenomenal and she was acting against a person who wasn't to her level and yes. I was like how curious that like you it's, can really tell yeah. who's good and who is not like who yeah, can yeah. make words their own yeah yeah i just i love scripted stuff yeah there was i just there's a scene in this last season uh and i'm not gonna name names just because i don't care mm-hmm. but there was a scene in this last season of game of thrones well i might as well say it it's like it's when Arya is talking to the the sword maker kid mm-hmm. i don't remember his name i don't remember any of those fuckers names that's fine um but um and then she sort of like you know, she throws a knife behind him and she's supposed to be playing sort of like a top, mm-hmm. kind of like a sexy top in mm-hmm. that. And he's impressed by it. She's like, that was so out of her wheelhouse uh-huh. that it just, I don't, I mean, I don't blame her for mm-hmm. it, but it just like, cause she's great, but it, it just was like, mm-hmm. I didn't buy her as like the sexy top. And, and it's interesting. And Someone could be saying the lines and like be doing like an adequate job. But like sometimes you're like, I don't buy it. I don't yes, believe it. Yes. And I and, it, you know, and like I say, I mean, there's plenty of scenes I've seen myself and I've been like, ooh, that was no good. Uh-huh. Ooch, you know, but the guy that plays the sword maker guy that ends up having sex with her. That uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but what the fuck? Come on, people, get with it. Um, but like he the way he played that scene mm-hmm. carried the whole like it was like. It was a, such an interesting, like you say, like such mm-hmm. an interesting dynamic between somebody that's like, eh, she's trying, but it's mm-hmm. not really going up. And then him being like, holy fuck, he's like, whatever slack she's leaving, uh-huh. he is pulling, pulling it up. It. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's so interesting. It's exciting. But then also it's yeah. like, in a couple of years, they may be the person carrying a scene for somebody Precisely. else. Precisely, yeah, yeah. Acting is such a, people don't get it that like, it's reps. You have to keep doing it. Precisely. You have to keep, like your first thing. Will be whatever, but yeah. like you know, like Meryl Streep wasn't Meryl Streep until she was Meryl Streep. You know what I'm saying? Like right, right. her her acting styles have changed. Like if you ever watched Death Becomes Her, it's like so camp and she's so broad in it mm-hmm. that you forget that Meryl can be campy and she right, can right. be broad, uh, but she does a lot more nuanced stuff now. I just I love acting. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun, and it's uh, yeah, and I, and I love it too. What I love about it, and I, I've gotten in kind of arguments with actors about it because to me. Acting is lying. Yeah. It's convincing lying. It's mm-hmm. like, which, you know, like I learned how to do as a child. Like, you, you like, mm-hmm. and, and so you have to think about like the little details that go into getting to someone to believe that you're mm-hmm. this person. And I've had actors be like, no, it's really about getting to a truth. It's like, no, it isn't. I think it's about you're not lying. a mobster. You're yeah. Not, yeah, you're not. I think a- it's lying. And I think it's uh, getting back to the whimsicalness of like being a kid. Because like if you think about it, kids, they'll just say anything. Yeah. Like, And you're like, what do you mean by that? And they're like, hmm. 
I don't know. I haven't thought it through. But they said it was such conviction that you believed them. Uh, And then, like, also looking stupid is a thing. Like, improv is one of those things where they're like, look stupid. And and that helps because sometimes you do something in a scene where you're like, I don't know. But then if you take yourself too seriously, it's not going to actually work. So you have to, like, be okay looking stupid. Sure. The absence of ego is essential. Essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of times I've had to roll on the floor and be a monkey in an improv scene Uh, (laughs) has really helped. Absolutely. In my career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's about lying. Yeah. I think it's about lying and being whimsical like a kid. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. For your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway. And on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a growing? And how did you get from, was it Linwood? Is that what you said? Lincroft, Lincroft. How did you get from Lincroft to professional showbiz person? Um, so my mom died. My dad stepped up as like the primary parent when he wasn't really. Like he was yeah. involved in our lives, but he also worked a full-time job. So... He was like, where do you think you're going to go to college? And I was like, well, I don't want to go to Rutgers. I don't want to go to a four-year school. I want to go to an acting conservatory. And he said, no. And I said, but I found one where... Did he ask why you use that weird accent when you say it? <laughs> he was like, Nicole, why do you say a conservatory like that? My dad, he's, out, he's always grumbling. Uh, so I found this two-year school in New York called AMDA, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Ah. Uh, they don't claim me as a graduate. <laughs> why not? Because <laughs> I talk shit about it. It was a terrible oh, school. Oh, oh, okay. It was one of the worst schools. <laughs> wow. Uh, was it like one of those for-profit kind of deals? Like, yeah, yeah, and then and they yeah. said that um, your credits would transfer to the new school so you could do two more years and get a degree. But then the credits actually transferred to you like being a freshman and a half. So then you had to do like four more years uh, of school. Yeah, yeah. And I have several friends who ended up doing that and they're fine. But I was like, this is my way in. I'm, I'm going to tell my dad that I'm going to get my degree after, you know, four years or whatever. And he sent me there and I didn't learn very much. Yeah. But then I got to be in New York and be on my own. And then um, after school, I was truly... Which is an education yes. unto itself. Yeah. yeah, being on your own, you have to learn how to, like, feed yourself, fend for yourself. Like, I had to get a job. And yeah. I was working retail. And retail is interesting. Mm-hmm. That you'll charge someone $100 for a pair of jeans and sell, I don't know, 100 pairs of those fucking jeans. And then you're going to pay me $7.50 yeah, yeah, yeah. to live in New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at you, Lane Bryant, because that's where I work. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always love in fancy stores when the clerks are real snobby uh-huh. to you. And it's like, you're a fucking clerk. Yes. Take it easy. My friend Paul Welsh, anytime someone takes their job too seriously, he's like, what are you, a shareholder? And that makes me laugh so hard because it's like, what stakes do you have yeah, in this yeah, company? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was like working retail. And then I truly Googled, what do actors do when they're not acting? And something that came up was improv. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll try some improv. So then I started taking classes at the Upright Citizens Brigade oh, Theater wow. in New York. And Where were they at that point? Were they? They had moved into the 26th Street location. Okay. And then their classrooms were at seven or thirtieth uh, and seventh. Yeah. And then I think I took uh, classes for maybe like a year before I started working there. So I was working the front desk, babysitting, going on commercial auditions, yeah. coaching improv. It was just it was a lot. 
And then, yeah, things just kind of started spiraling, or not spiraling, snowballing. And then my first job was uh, 30 Rock. I got to be in the tag of an episode. Oh, nice. Which was... Just like the best. Tina Fey was so nice. Her daughter was there and she was very nice. And I talked to her daughter a lot because I identify with children, like behind the scenes people rather than like a star. I was like, I don't know how to talk to you. You're you're Tina fucking Fey. Yeah. But um, we like got the scene and then they were really kind to me and let me improvise, even though it was a tag and they were never going to use anything other than what they needed because it's so short. But uh it was just like really incredible that they let yeah. me do that, and it was well. It's because fun. it's because uh, her and uh, Robert Carlock, they're people that appreciate fun and funny. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Tina's a fucking genius. You know, mm-hmm. I've known her forever, and she's an amazing person and a wonderful person. But she also like she's a genius, but she's also like somebody that likes to have mm-hmm. fun and somebody that understands like that. If you take the fun out of this and if you take the play out of it, mm-hmm. which I worked I worked with plenty of supposed comedy professionals <laughs> that love to take the fun out of it, that love to like, and I don't know be, whether it's because they live up their own ass mm-hmm. or whatever reason. Well, sometimes comedians don't want to not be the funniest person yes, on set. Yes, yes, yes. Which is a wild thing. And it's, it's like you have to let the ego go. Like, because it's comedy. Like, yeah. Someone's going to be funnier than you. You'll be funnier than someone. It's not like a mathematical equation. Like, it's just things fucking happen. And she was so, like, she, like, laughed at stuff I did. Like, it was just a really, really, really great experience for my first job. Right. Because she's not threatened. Yeah. 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 She has the show. Yeah. she. Well, it's but also, she's not threatened because she's Mm self-contained and that she's a fucking genius and she's having fun and like, Mm -hmm. and there's plenty to go around. You know, that's always, that's always been my feeling too. I've never from early days. And I mean, and this is also part of like, I mean, I was sort of genetically engineered and trained to be uh, codependent Mm -hmm. and, and sort of (laughs) to to, uh, service people that are needier than me. I don't Mm -hmm. mean anyone in particular. (laughs) Uh, but, I mean, from, like, my childhood uh-huh. into, you know, different relationships and everything. It's like I've, I've always been kind of the person that's sort of like, oh, you need it? Oh, okay. Go mm-hmm. ahead, hon. I'm, I, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. And I kind of have, you know, derived a sense of identity mm-hmm. and almost kind of, like, superiority out of it. Like, hey, well, this fucking needy fucker <laughs> over here, I'm all right, you know. <laughs> And, you know, and of course, it's has had terrible psychological side effects mm-hmm, that, I'm sure. still, that I'm still trying to fucking fix today. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, I always noticed it early on in improv, the people that really fucking needed it. I always felt like, all right, go ahead. Go go out mm-hmm. there. You go stand at the, you know, down in the, at the front of the stage and I'll stand <laughs> back here. And then what I figured out. After a while, was I'll stand back here and I'll still win. Yes, because I'll wait while uh-huh. you're up there sweating uh-huh. and trying and stuff. Your work is so I'll hard. I'll pick my fucking spot and, and you'll I'll say the funniest thing of the scene, show, and then you'll be like, uh, I'll I'll get that sense of superiority mm-hmm. a different way. <laughs> um, but no, I've never understood. Like, and I've heard people. I've and this has never, it's never really happened to me. But I've heard people, and this is the kind of thing that you, you know, you hear about, but you can't believe happens. Mm-hmm. They kill with lines in a sitcom script. Then they go away, and then they come back, and, and they're all gone. those lines, or they're they're given to or given to the, somebody, somebody else. A, uh-huh. a higher up on the call sheet, uh-huh. somebody with more power. That's bananas to uh-huh. me. That's so fucking crazy that somebody has the shamelessness to say, uh-huh. "I want that line, that line that that guy killed with, or that woman killed <laughs> I with." I want it. I want it. Give it to me. Which is bananas, and I've seen it happen, and it is. Truly just out of this world. And I like, I did a show once where I improvised something and the director really liked it. And then in, because we shot out of order, and then the next scene, the girl who I was in the scene with said the line I improvised that's going to be later in the show. And then the director was like, yeah, man, that is funny. All right, so you keep it and then we'll lose it in the other scene. And I was like, but, but I, I literally wrote that for you. What do you mean? And then... It was also, it was a a fucking multi-cam. So it was in front of an audience. And then uh, I like said something else. And then in the next take, she said it before I could say it. And I was like, oh, so that's what this is. I'm going to improvise really funny things and you just get to have them. So I'm just punching up the script for you, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was not fun. No, it's, and and, you know, and it's also, (laughs) it's, uh, it's really in the long run, 
It's terrible management because what they've basically done is they've given, they've de-incentivized you yeah. to be funny and mm-hmm. to be as funny as you can. When you obviously are showing like, hey, I'm a funny factory. Mm-hmm. Let me go. And they're, and, and they're like, you know, okay, thanks. We're going to, and uh-huh. we're going to, we're going to shut you down now, basically. Because <laughs> yeah. like one of the sitcoms that I worked on that I was, well, it's quintuplets. Uh, I worked on quintuplets and mm-hmm. I was just a, it was one of is. I, I just was an actor on that show. I got, you know, I, like my pattern when it came out was like develop a show. And if it goes, you know, like then do that and mm-hmm. then and then try and do another script. And if that doesn't go, then just try and get a job on a pilot. Mm-hmm. And this was one. And it went. And it was like one of the most lucrative things I've ever done. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah baby. Network television. Episodes. Oh, yeah. Ooh, 22. But early on, I was so used to being appreciated mm-hmm. for my ability to – make funny things mm-hmm. and to contribute to funny things. And I always, and to me, it's always like, Hey, you're moving heavy stuff. I have muscles. Uh-huh. Let me pitch in. And there was a moment early on in that show where they, we were shooting uh, without an audience doing, mm-hmm. you know, cause like for people that don't know. Yeah. When you shoot a multi-camera show, a lot of the scenes now just to save time are pre-taped so that the audience doesn't have to sit through mm-hmm. the taping of the entire half hour. Cause it can be fucking tedious. And we, in between, the, the writers were all sitting around the living room set, mm-hmm. and they were pitching on the next scene that was going. And I just had a cup of coffee, and I walked over, and it's, like, dark, you know, because it's, mm-hmm. like, it's not lit, but they're sitting around. And I walked up and just kind of stood at the end of the cir- – at the outside of the circle. Mm-hmm. Comedy people pitching, something I'd been doing for, at that point for, like, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Came and stood up outside the, the 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 circle, and it came to a halt. The discussion, the like pitching of jokes, came to uh-huh. a halt. And the head writer, who I was standing over his shoulder, looked over up at me and said, "Like, uh, yeah, uh, hi. Uh, what can we do for you?" Wow. And I said, "Oh, I just, you know, I was just listening." And he went, "Oh, okay." And I just was like, and I walked back to my trailer, and I just was like, "Oh man, that's." You fucking idiot. Because, you know, I, I mean, it's, call it arrogance, whatever. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like you want to have a fucking funny off uh-huh. with any of those people <laughs> sitting on that fucking thing with me? I will crush them, motherfucker. Also, it's like they cast you because you're funny. No shit. And then also, you know your voice. Yeah. So you know a joke for your voice. Right. So exactly. what a wild thing to be like, let's I'm, exclude him. He's not yeah. one of us. He's not a writer. And I'm not like, you know, it's... I'm not like just some airhead no. that says lines, you know. So as the season went on, there was mm-hmm. a, there was a, it, they it started to sort of mm-hmm. become difficult. Yes. Like the scripts were becoming difficult and they were like, and <laughs> I, I said to the showrunner at one point, I said, you know, I've never had a scene because it was quintuplets, three boys, two girls. Mm-hmm. I said, I have never had one scene alone with my daughters. Mm-hmm. I said, I have, I've had plenty of scenes alone with the boys. I said, but I've never had a scene alone with the daughters. Mm-hmm. I would love to have that dynamic because I like women better than I like men anyway. But, <laughs> um, and I, and because also because my TV daughters were so fucking good mm-hmm. and I wanted to do a scene with them. So I basically stole an old second city idea. And I said, what if we go to visit an old relative and the old relative dies in kind of a hilarious way while we're visiting <laughs> uh-huh. and and that and that like me and the girls sort of were sort of struck by the tragedy but can't help but laugh. Like mm-hmm. and that's it's an old second city scene. And he was like, that's great. And it ended up being Phyllis Diller being uh-huh. like this old aunt that we oh, you know what a I treat. think she fell down an elevator shaft or something. <laughs> But so they wrote that episode and uh-huh. it was great. And I loved working with with uh with my TV daughters and then, like, the next time, it, then he came up to me, the, the showrunner came up to me later and was like, uh, listen, uh, if you have any other uh, ideas for stories, you know, just let me know. And I was oh, just boy. like. Oh, boy. It's like, we could have been doing this from the jump. I just was you like. You wasted time. I was like, this is like episode 13. Mm-hmm. You should have not been so shitty to me yes. on episode three. Because fuck you, buddy. You're on your own. <laughs> No, no, no. This brain, this brain only uh, lets things go when I say, and I say to you, go away. No, go away. No, no. I don't like you. But anyway, so, and then your first, your first show that was, uh, I mean, like, did you do a lot of paying gigs before the MTV show? Um, 
No, because I, I got the MTV show, the audition for Girl Code, uh, the day I was flying back from a Torco for UCB. Oh, wow. I was doing Torco, which means uh, we would go to colleges yeah. for pennies and do yes, improv yes. to kids who didn't want it. Right. Uh, so many shows, they'd be like, stop it! And you'd be like, but we're just getting out the who, what, where? Right, right, right. Uh, they were not Be patient, happy. we'll find something. We'll find something yeah, fun! Yeah. And we'll reference your school, and you'll love that mm-hmm. later. Uh, so I, like, I landed and then had the audition for Girl Code, and I like looked it up on my phone, and I was like, okay, so it's a talking head show, I don't really understand how those work, but I'll go to the audition, and we'll figure it the fuck out. And then... I booked it, and they never told me how many episodes I was shooting. So I think it was, it might have been 20 episodes. So they were flying me back and forth uh, to New York. By that point, I was living in L.A. And then by, like, the third or fourth time they flew me back, I was like, how many episodes am I doing? And our showrunner, this woman named Laura Murphy, was like, all of them. And I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> what a treat. And then, you got good representation <laughs> that you had to fucking ask that question. I won't ask questions. There was one commercial that well, I wait, got. Why didn't your agent know this? Oh, they. I don't ask them questions. Oh, okay. I just, I'm very thankful to work. Yeah, yeah. Now I ask questions. Now right, I understand that, right. like, I'm worthy and I need to know information. Yes, yes. But uh, I had this one commercial where it was for Comedy Central, Belvita Breakfast Biscuits, and they were like, meet us at a white van on 54th and 8th. And I said, yes. You should ask questions. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. As we drove upstate, I was I like turned to the other actors and I said, if we if someone wanted to murder actors, right, right, this right. is what you do. Yeah. Just tell them to meet you if somewhere. If you want to get them into a sex cult, this yes, is how you do this it. This is yeah, how yeah. you do it. And actors will literally do anything for a job. Sure. Like sometimes SAG will be like, you cannot work on this. Uh-huh. You cannot, it's a stop order work. And the WJ is like, we're firing our agents. And everyone said, okay. So like actors are just so desperate for work. Sure. Um, but then I did Girl Code. They did promote it and then it just happened to be a hit which yeah. was you know very nice I keep that having nice, to yeah. be on shows where they don't do like they didn't do any promotion for Nailed It and people just found it yeah yeah which was very very cool I think it might be you <gasps> I think so I don't know no I think it is well I had another show that they didn't promote and then nobody watched it well that wasn't your fault that show. Yeah, that was uh, everyone else in that show okay, yes. was a piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, it was everybody else. Everyone else was trash. What was that show? It was called Loosely Exactly Nicole's on MTV. Oh, right, right. They uh, put up a billboard on Sunset, which was like insane Isn't to that see. crazy? So crazy. I think I've had that once. Really? And I, yeah, and I didn't expect it, and it was just like... It like it was almost uncomfortable. Yes, yeah. It's uncomfortable, but then also crazy. And you're like, I want this all the oh, time. Oh, okay. Uh, See, that's where you and I differ. They didn't put an air date on it, so I was like, I'm real thankful, but help it, help us out. The name yeah, of the yeah. show, or maybe the name of the show was on it, but there was no air date. And I was like, How do you? What do you? What, for who was this for? For yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. I put an air date on it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's the problem with just. There's so many ways for things to go wrong. But there's also simple things. Yeah. Put an air date. Yes. On. And then they were like, make sure you tweet about it. And I was like, oh, okay, so you want me to tweet to the people who follow me? The, who probably watched the show? We got to figure out the people who don't follow me right, how right, to get right. them to watch the show. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but that involves them having, them having an idea. Mm-hmm. Them having an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, like the second season of Andy Richter Controls the Universe, the – Head of the network, and she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But she she said she said to us um, because the, you know the show was kind of different. Like mm-hmm. like one of the things that they said at the time was Fox comedies are families, and this isn't a family; it's a mm-hmm. workplace. <laughs> like as if people are like. Boy, I turn on Channel 11 and I see people that aren't related. And I don't you know, get it. Yeah. There are different ah, ethnicities and there's so a fat machine. Ah. So, uh, like, okay, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but she, she actually, she said to me and to us, she was like, I just don't know how to promote this show. Hmm. And I was like. Commercials. You, I was like, you Billboards. said to us, make a funny show. Yeah. We made a funny show. And now you're going, I don't know how to promote it? That's our job. Truly, the way you promote a family show is the same way you'd promote this show. Yeah. Buy ad space. Yeah. Put us on the side of fucking buses. Yeah. Yeah, come on. It's real. I know, I know. And I, you know, and then I've had other shows, too, that, like, where they, like Andy Barker P.I., which actually was my favorite of the shows that I Mm -hmm. did, was on, I think there were, I can't even remember, I think there were maybe 
nine episodes of that. It was on four different time slots uh-huh. in nine episodes. And and some of those were just, they burned it off. They mm-hmm. put two in a row on like a fucking Friday night. Yeah, that's what happened know? to my show. Oh, so, and, and it's like, the that's what people don't understand too, I think. The quality of the work, the quality of the show, the quality of the acting, the mm-hmm. writing, the, all of that is so far down the list mm-hmm. in terms of like, the actual survival of the thing. Yeah. You know? Like Arrested Development only lasting three seasons is wild. Yeah, yeah. Because I found it later uh, yeah. and then was like, there's no more? What, yeah. Why? Why? This is so fun. Why? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's like Breaking Bad. Imagine if Breaking Bad was on now. They probably wouldn't have let it found its audience. Like, I yeah. don't feel like people found it till season three or four. Yeah. So it's like, you got to leave shit on. There's so much content. I think Breaking Bad number one would be on... <laughs> Streaming now. Oh, and absolutely. I don't, yeah, I yes. don't think. I, well, although AMC still does kind of do some stuff, although they're sort yeah. of zombie-centric now. They love The Walking Dead. Yeah, they sure do. Um, but I, yeah, I, I've I, also never seen Game of Thrones. You were talking about Game of Thrones, and I was just like, uh-huh. Oh, oh okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I watched the, not the last episode, but the second to last episode. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's the only that's one I've need seen. To know. And I was like, everybody dying. <laughs> it's really, it actually is really a fun show. It's mm-hmm. like a really good escapist thing that, to me, you know, I started watching it from the beginning uh, and was embarrassed that I was watching when I oh, first really? started. Yeah, because I, to me it was like Falcon Crest with, mm. you know, swords and mm-hmm. dragons and shit. And I was embarrassed, you know. But it was also, too, like from the beginning there's like the first episode there's incest and mm-hmm. shit like that. Like it, like explicit fucking scene of like brother and sister. So it was kind of like, wow. <laughs> and then – and uh, and that kept me going. Anytime you there's brothers like, and sisters. You were like, I love yeah, a brother yeah. and exactly. sister. Exactly. Yeah. So now people know what my porn searches are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, – but, uh, I, I, I like that you I go was, to porn and not Pornhub. Oh, I go to a mall. <laughs> I go to a mall. Yeah, you gotta you gotta mix it up. Uh-huh, you gotta uh-huh. mix it up. You gotta keep them from uh, from that ad coming up on mm. the second video yes, yes, that yes. you look at. You know what I mean? I do. Sure, of course you do. I love porn. <laughs> I like this um, one man right now. I bookmarked him, <laughs> which feels insane. Because anytime I like search on the internet, I'm like, what if someone sees I have porn bookmarked? <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, whatever. You just, yeah, whatever. You know, whatever. I fucking flick my okay. bean. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was doing. I, this <laughs> flicking bean totally frazzled I'm Sorry. Me. No, but uh, oh, and then but Game of Thrones oh, as yes. it went on and it did become a thing. It really is like I would. There were so many episodes that I was like mad, mm-hmm. like a baby that mm-hmm. it, its bottle had been taken. Well, people away. are mad about the the who won the the game. I just I just mean mad that it was over. Oh. Like each each hour episode, mm-hmm. like it I would it Sunday night I'd sit down to watch it, and nobody in my house watched it with me. Mm-hmm. Like my wife was like, "What the fuck are you watching that shit for?" And then, but it, like the episode would end, and I'd be like, "Ah, baby wants his bottle." <laughs> Me. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I don't have. Well, I guess RuPaul's Drag Race is like that. I love RuPaul's yeah, Drag Race. Yeah. I just it's, love it's drag queens. It's a pretty queen. great show. It's a. It's RuPaul, a good time. RuPaul is a like a Zen god. Mm-hmm. It, it, any uh, people out there? Anytime you see RuPaul being interviewed, read it because yes. you will come away mm-hmm. a better person. Yeah, Ru talks a lot about like meditation and taking time for yourself and taking space for yourself, and I really love that. Just yeah, like just such a brilliant person mm-hmm. with such a wonderful philosophy. I love him. Um, Try to get him on here, but then, then he won't. Uh, we're not Ru having any luck. So busy. I know, but come on, it's me. It is you. It's me. Rue, find the time. Yeah. Rue. Come on, Find Rue. the time, Rue. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. 
Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my loves are growing? So uh, let's go to the uh, let's go to the uh, where are you going? Like where where do you think you're headed? What do you, what's, um, what's what's your hopes and dreams? Well, my hopes and dreams are I hope I continue working. Uh, I would like to you know be on another show or sell another show. I'd like to do movies. I haven't done movies much yet. Um, are you the kind of person that has a specific kind of goal? Uh, you know, like I want to uh, you know like by. In the next five years, I want to be the star of my own whatever or, you know, well, or I want to play Carnegie Hall or whatever, that kind of thing. No. Yeah. I do write specific things down that I want in my planner every year. Sure, of course. Your uh, vision board. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I would like to play theaters. Theaters is something that I want to do next with stand-up. Yeah. Um, I would like to star in a movie uh, uh, that like maybe I've written or something, mm-hmm. but like something that's like my voice. And then I would like to have a show that's my voice. So yeah. like, I just want to continue making things that are m- my voice. And eventually I'd like to like write a book. Yeah. And people have asked me recently, like, would you write like a memoir, you know, essay book? I'm like, no, I'm 32 or 33. I don't know anymore, but like, I haven't lived enough. I yeah, feel to do this. Like 40, 45 to me is I'm the sweet 50, spot. I'm 52, and people have said to me, write a book, write a memoir, mm-hmm. write a book. I still feel like, ah, right? What the fuck do I know? You know, yeah. like, and I, I, and also, I mean, it's also just, uh, I have to wait for people to die to really write, <laughs> write the book I want to write. Um, Fair. Yeah, yeah. Talk um, shit about them dead people. Mm-hmm. They're the best kind of people to talk shit about. But I think that's, I think that's a good thing. I have always, and I, I've said it before on one of these, making your goal a process mm-hmm. as opposed to a thing yeah. is, is, a, is, is a very useful thing because the process is always flexible. Whereas mm-hmm. if you attain the thing, you got this engine making all yeah. this, this, you know, pushing you towards mm-hmm. this thing, and then you make the thing, the engine's not going to stop. Yeah. You know? And I try not to be super specific because sometimes – what you ask for is not necessarily what you need or want. Yeah. So I feel like if you get too specific, then like the universe tries to steer you to this like one thing that you're like, I want this. And it's yeah. like, well, maybe you didn't need that now. Right, right. So that's why I try to keep all my goals pretty open ended. But like, you know, like me saying I want to do movies doesn't yeah. mean I want to do one. Right, right, right. I would like to do a lot. Yep. I, like if uh, I would like to do another show for me, like shows, I you know, like after that one, I, I hope to have another sure. one. Uh, yeah, I yeah just, that's my thing. I just want to have a long career. Same. You know? Yeah. And I mean, and I'm, you know, I've had my own sitcom, I've, you know, with, which I was both, you know, both the star of, one, you know, one that I didn't write and then ones that I was, you know, mm-hmm. contributed to and, and, and wrote for and, and, you know, and I'm talk show, like I said, talk show sidekick and, and, uh, cartoon voices Mm -hmm. and, you know, and game show host, you know, I mean, so like, I've just, you know, it's, I, I feel like kind of like I'm waiting to become a weatherman, you know, (laughs) just just to really hit every niche. But, uh, but I, I think that that's, it's, it's a vital thing and a very healthy thing to just kind of remain open to whatever happens Mm -hmm. because you're sort of, I think you're, bulletproofing yourself against disappointment mm-hmm. because you're just, you know, you, you, you've got it open as opposed to hitting something and then the lid closes mm-hmm. and then that's it. And you're, and you're, now you are a complete thing. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you're never a complete You're never thing. complete. You're yeah, always yeah. working towards something else. Yeah, hopefully. Sure. Like I said, I didn't want to do unscripted anymore. Like I, that was a blanket statement I said a couple years ago, but then I got nailed it and I was like, well, they said they'll let you do whatever you want. Yeah. You don't know about baking, and they're fine with that. Yeah. Uh, this might be fun. Why don't you just do it? Like, don't let and that door close. And then it ended up being really fun. Yeah. And easy, too. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. very easy. It's 10 hours of me just doing literally whatever I want. Yeah, like, yeah. Say the copy, but, I, like, other than that, yeah, yeah. I do me. And that's, I mean, because that's what, like, like, for me to do game shows now, that's because I've been, like, you know, the whole Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I've been on TV. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I, I've been on TV. And so, like, I do feel like, you know, you're the same way. You've been on TV. Mm-hmm. 
many different ways. So you can be on TV however you want, mm-hmm. you know, like you could, you know, you could be on Walking Dead. I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, I'm a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we get to the sort of like, what have you learned part? I mean, do mm-hmm. you, I don't know, I guess that the, the form that that would sort of take maybe is like, what do you think people would take away from your story? Like the story, like like if, if you were if you were a story at mm-hmm. this point, like what do you think people would take away from like what's the point of all this? Well, I hope that when people look at me that they learn that I learned to love myself. Like loving yourself is a journey. It's a hard thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very easy to look around and see what other people have and get jealous or down on yourself. But like me personally, I learned that like you don't actually know what's going on with other people. You kind of have to keep your eyes on your own paper, worry about yourself and that loving yourself isn't bad. It's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah, And it doesn't mean you're self-absorbed or self-involved. It just means that this, vessel that you're in currently you love and that's good and that's okay and however you want to express yourself is good and that's okay so that's something i learned that i hope when people see me that they in turn can learn that yeah um i also learned that things are hard and that's okay like it's okay to be disappointed uh i've learned to not uh get hung up on shit Mm -hmm. to just like move the fuck on my add helps a lot with that but moving on is a good thing yeah uh, professionally, I've learned a lot. Personally, I don't know. Really? I'm just looking for someone to love I me. Know. And I don't know how to make that happen. Oh, it's the oldest story in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I do want to ask because, you know, we say, and, and I said, you know, fake it till you make it. Learn mm-hmm. to love yourself. Are there specific, is there any specific things that you could name between Nicole not loving herself and Nicole yes. loving herself that you can Give to people to uh, yeah, help. Yeah, sure. I grew up in an all-white neighborhood, mm-hmm. and me and my sister were two of the only black kids there. And then I was fat, and then there weren't that many other fat people. So, like, I was a fat black girl with, like, zits and bad hair, and uh, I just felt very much like a fish out of water or, like, I didn't belong or whatever. And then I would, like, I would always wear, like, a cardigan or whatever in the summer because I was like, God forbid someone see my fat arms. And then I stopped swimming because I was like, oh, what if they see my fat body? And then about, like, 18 or 19, I was like, hold up. If I wear sleeves, my arms are still fat. They're just covered. Mm -hmm. If I don't swim or if I wear, like, a shirt in the pool, my shirt is wet and now stuck to my fat little body. So, like, who am I hiding for? Like, who? So then I just kind of started wearing sleeveless things and I started wearing bikinis because I was like, who? Also, a bikini is just easier to, like, pee in. Yeah. (laughs) Like, a one piece, you have to, like, get all down. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Two pieces, underwear. You just slide it on down and it's real easy. Um, And then... I learned that if somebody looks at me and has, like, something rude to say about something I'm wearing or, like, the way I look, cool. Who cares? That means I affected that person living my truth so much that they had to stop their life to say something to me, and I'm never going to think about them again. That means I'm powerful. That means I made made this person react. Um, And then also I I used to look in the mirror every day and, like, grab my little titties and go, I love you, uh, and, like, grab my, like, little rolls and be like, this is nice. And now I don't have to anymore. Now I can get dressed and, like, look at myself and go, ooh, you a badass bitch. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. But, like, sometimes I have bad days and I allow myself to have bad days. Also, therapy. Yeah. I cannot stress it enough. I really love it. There's sliding scale therapy if you don't have the money. Yes. There's Talkspace, which is an app that I don't know very much about. I'll say that, but it's you can text somebody and they text you something back. And I'm not saying to take their shit at, like, face value because I don't know these therapists. But, like, it's good to talk to someone who's not a friend who's got no stakes in your life. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, the hurdles that, that finances are, you know, that, that finances are, you know, exist before therapy is, is a crime. Mm-hmm. And because I've talked very pro-therapy mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter. I mean, Twitter is really my main online presence and I've talked very openly about therapy on Twitter and people are always coming back well I can't afford it and so you say exactly what Mm -hmm. you said Google sliding scale therapy in your area and they'll be like oh you make a hundred dollars a week well you get to pay a skittle yeah they will (laughs) (laughs) and that's you will be able to find something that like and I I don't I can't say you'll absolutely be able to afford it Mm -hmm. but but you will be able to find something and and the the larger point 
is, and I, because I can't change people's financial mm-hmm. situation, but what I can change is the people who think, or what I hope I could change and, and the people I could talk to is the people that like think that there's something shameful in it yeah. or that it's an admission that mm-hmm. you're sick or that you're broken or that you're wrong, which is just wrong and mm-hmm. dumb and self-destructive. Yeah. And I think everybody at some point needs help. Yeah. Everybody, whether you're well-adjusted or whatever, like you need support and yeah. sometimes a friend can't give that to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about therapy. My uncle said to me once, he was like, I don't think you have ADD. And I was like, oh, what do you think I have? He's like, well, I don't know. And I was like, well, when you figure it out, get back to me. But yeah, for yeah. now, I'll take my little Vyvanse and be on my way. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's been very helpful. Yeah, I, I've always said, if you had a compound fracture, you wouldn't walk around with a bone sticking out yeah. of your leg. You'd go to the doctor. Yes. The same thing. Yes. You're miserable. You can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know. Go to the doctor. Yeah. And, not, and people you know, think go to depression is a thing yeah. where you can just snap out of it. But uh. I'm like, you don't, if you don't have depression, you don't understand how hopeless mm-hmm. you can feel mm-hmm. and how you're like, but if I get out of bed, oh, what's the fucking point? Yeah. So I'll just stay. And it's like, well, that person might need, you know, an antidepressant or like yep. something, you know? Yep, so yep. don't tell that person that their feelings don't matter. Right. And then a nice thing that Mary, my therapist, has taught me is that feelings aren't facts. Yeah. Which is like a really nice thing to hear to be like, oh, I might feel so sad right now, but it's not a fact. Yeah. It's a feeling. Yeah. And you can figure out how to get out of bed and you can live your life. And if it's taking a pill, then okay. Or if it's light therapy, that's okay too. Yeah, I think we all need to just be okay with ourselves and love ourselves. Give yourself a hug if you're listening. (laughs) Just hug yourself. Okay, we're going to give you a second hug. Just hug yourself. Yeah, yeah. Are you, you done? You can cop a feel, too, if you want. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody will say anything. Yeah. Grab and well. squeeze a titty. <laughs> <laughs> well, squeeze a titty's as good a point as any to leave this, <laughs> this episode. This has been, as you are, a goddamn joy, Nicole. Hey, thanks. What a treat. Thank you so much for doing Andy, this. Thank you so much. Uh, it was really fun, and I th- and I think we helped some people. I hope so. And and you know, and if if we didn't, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know. If uh, if we didn't help you, and you're still listening, go fuck yourself. No yeah. <laughs> we helped you kill an hour. Yeah, you fucking loser. Come on. Yeah, yeah, you fucking loser. <laughs> anyway, thanks, you fucking loser, for listening to the. <laughs> Three questions with Andy Richter. So much fun having Nicole Byer here, and we will be with you next time. Thank you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Golitsa Hayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.